Welcome to The Talk at Revolution, where each week we explore what it looks like to find Jesus and live like Him in a practical way. At Revolution Community Church, we know that we are better together. Each week, we look to celebrate Jesus, connect with others, and contribute to the church, community, and beyond. If you'd like to connect with Revolution or take a next step, please visit us at revolutioncc.org or at our Logansport, Indiana campus located at 3930 East Market Street. And now, we hope you are encouraged and challenged by this talk. This villain series, and we're going to meet our villain here in a moment. Uh, already met our villain, I guess. But um, I, and I just want to say, for those watching online, uh, maybe this is your first time checking out Revolution, or those in the room, maybe this is your first time at Revolution, at a physical gathering. One of the things you need to know about us is we love to party. That's one of our values. Like, we love to have a good time and dive into these stories and see the humor in the stories, but also really be challenged. So we're just getting started with some of the fun today, I promise. But uh, and, and if this is your first week, this, the whole concept of this villain series is we're looking at some of the worst characters in the pages of Scripture, and we're learning you know, from those that got it wrong how we can get it right. So it's been just uh, so much fun to dive into these stories and before we meet our third villain or, or look at the story in scripture, uh, we need to look at another main character. We need to meet another main character in this story. His name is Samson. And I, I hesitate calling him the hero because Samson makes so many mistakes, gets so many things wrong all throughout his life. But God redeems it all at the end, as we're going to see. But uh, the story, it starts in Judges chapter 13. So uh, if you've been here, like this is a few chapters after the story of Abimelech, our, our first week villain, and it's two books before the villain from last Sunday, uh, Goliath, that we looked at. And in Samson's story, it begins with this supernatural thing that happens with his mom, actually. We never get his mom's name, but an angel shows up, and here's what happens. This is the beginning of the story in Judges 13. It says, this angel came to his mom and said, you will become pregnant and have a son whose head is to never be touched by a razor because the boy is to be a Nazarite, dedicated to God from the womb. And then uh, at the end of the chapter, it, it ends like this. So the woman gave birth to a son and named him Samson. He grew and the Lord blessed him and the spirit of the Lord began to stir him. So God, God promised to uniquely use Samson for his work in the world. God had a special work to do through Samson's life. Just like every single person in this room right now, and every single person watching online, God has a special work for you to do. Kids in the room, next gen, like God has a special assignment. He has gifted you in specific ways to accomplish things with your life. Now, not just later, not just post-college, like right now, there are things God has called you to do. There are friends God has called you to love, people that God has called you to reach out to and help, like right now. 
Everyone has a special calling from God. And I'm, I'm just praying that maybe even through Samson's story, you discover more about that. But part of the unique calling God had for Samson was he was to live by the Nazarite vow. We saw that in the text. The Nazarite vow involved three main things, three, three commitments he made to God. To never have physical contact with anything dead, to abstain from all wine and, and really any products made from grapes, and to refrain from cutting your hair. So basically, here's what it was. No cabernet, or no corpses, no cabernet, no haircuts. That was the rules, that, that was the commitment that Samson made to God. And that really matters for the story we're going to look at today. And here's one other thing that's really special about Samson. God had given him a supernatural level of, do you know what it was? Of strength. Yeah, he was the strongest, probably the strongest man to ever Live. Like a couple examples, he carried the gates of a city up this hill, like several ton gates, just to prove a point. Uh, we heard it in the song, he killed a thousand Philistines, the enemies of Israel, with the jawbone of a donkey. Like Captain America had a, has a shield, Thor has a what? Hammer, and, and Samson had a jawbone. So it's just so, but, but he lost it all when he let today's villain in on the secret to what made him strong. And we're going to read that story in just a minute. But first, I've asked a revolution Samson to come to the stage this morning. If you haven't heard about this, we had a Samson in first service. We have a new Samson this service. Mr. Garrett Barron. Come on up to the stage, Garrett. Come on, give it up for Garrett. So uh, we're going to hear the story of Samson in just a minute. We heard it uh, saying, you know about this story a little bit, right? Yeah. You know what ha happens to Samson? His hair gets cut off, yeah. Yeah. You got some nice hair, Garrett. <laughs> hey, if you didn't hear, the Logosport Berries, Garrett, Garrett plays for the Berries. They won Friday night. That was awesome. So, so Garrett, we're going to have you go backstage, and something's going to happen. And you've committed to this. You ready for this? This is going to be awesome. Yep. Okay. But we first, we first need to invite Delilah to the revolution stage really quick. So, uh, Delilah, would you come up, Mr. Mike Barron? <laughs> he did not know who Delilah was. So, here's the thing. We, we wanted to make sure we had somebody with experience to do this. Okay. <laughs> So, uh, your dad has some experience. Now, we're not going to shave you clean, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, that looks beautiful. My, I love Mike's haircut. So, Mike, are you ready for this? You, you've practiced? You, you know what's going on? More than ready for this. Okay, so you guys are going to go. We, we've got the room set up. But first, so if you didn't know, Mike is actually in our life group. And um, so we, we found out this was going to happen last Sunday night. And you probably don't know, you actually inspired another Samson from our life group, Peyton Zimmerman. Where are you at? Pey Come on up, Peyton. We got two Samsons. Second service gets two Samsons. Peyton, are you ready for this? No. I already heard your mom and dad are ready. So, uh, and we have another Delilah that's out here somewhere. So I'm going to invite, yeah, yeah. So Krista, I'm going to invite all you guys to go backstage, have fun. We'll, we'll see you later. We'll catch up with you guys later. Just sit them right here on the stage, guys. Let's give it up for everybody. This is going to be great. Yeah, go ahead and go right through here. I think Nate's going to help you backstage. So, man, this is going to be good. 
Kids, you ready for this? You ready to see this? All right, let, let's find out what happens in the pages of Scripture. Let's look at the story. So Judges chapter 16, we'll throw it on the screen. So sometime later, Samson fell in love with a woman named Delilah who lived in the valley of Sorek. Now, just hang with me on this story. So cool. So interesting. The rulers of the Philistines went to her and said, entice Samson to tell you what makes him so strong and how he can be overpowered and tied up securely. Then each of us will give you 1,100 pieces of silver. I mean, there's money in all these stories too. Have you noticed that? So Delilah said to Samson, please tell me what makes you so strong and what it would take to tie you up securely. Samson replied, if I were tied up with seven new bowstrings that have not yet been dried, I would become as weak as anyone else. And look at what happens. So the Philistine rulers brought Delilah seven, Delilah seven new bowstrings. She tied Samson up with them. She had hidden some men in one of the inner rooms of her house, and she cried out, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you. But Samson snapped the bowstrings as a piece of string snaps when it's burned by a fire. So the secret of his strength was not discovered. And it gets even crazier. Afterward, Delilah said to him, you've been making fun of me and telling me lies. Now please tell me how you can be tied up securely. And look at Samson, what, what is he doing? Samson replied, if I were tied up with brand new ropes that had never been used, I would become as weak as anyone else. So Delilah took new ropes and tied him up with them. The men were hiding in the inner room as before, and again Delilah cried out, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you. But again, Samson snapped the ropes from his arms as if they were thread, and he doesn't learn. Then Delilah said, you've been making fun of me and telling me lies. Now tell me how you can be tied up securely. So Samson replied, well, if you were to weave the seven braids of my hair into the fabric of your loom and tighten it with the loom shuttle, I don't completely understand that, but I would become as weak as anyone else. So while he slept, look, Delilah wove the seven braids of his hair into the fabric. Then she tightened it with the loom shuttle. And again, she cried out, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you. But Samson woke up, pulled back the loom shuttle, yanked his hair away from the loom and fabric. I'm sure that felt good. Then Delilah pouted. How can you tell me I love you? She used that one. How can you tell me I love you when you don't share your secrets with me? You've made fun of me three times and you still haven't told me what makes you so strong. She tormented him with her nagging day after day until he was sick to death of it. <laughs> Finally, Samson shared his secret with her. My hair has never been cut. He confessed, for I was dedica dedicated to God as a Nazarite from birth. If my head were shaved, my strength would leave me, and I would become as weak as anyone else. Delilah realized he'd finally told her the truth, so she sent for the Philistine rulers again. Come back one more time, she said, for he has finally told me his secret. So the Philistine rulers returned with the money in their hands. Delilah lulled Samson to sleep with the head, his head in her lap, and then she called in a man to shave off the seven locks of his hair. In this way, she began to bring him down, and his strength left him. Then she cried out again, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you. When he woke up, he thought, well, I'll just do as before and shake myself free, but he didn't realize the Lord had left him. In one of the saddest verses in the Bible, I think, so the Philistines captured him and gouged out his eyes. They took him to Gaza where he was bound with bronze chains and forced to grind grain in the prison. 
Let's just keep that verse on the screen. And after hearing this story, I mean, I think every one of us were like, how could you be so stupid, Samson, right? How could this possibly happen? This story, it just seems so ridiculous, doesn't it? Like, how does he give in to this? Like, after the first time when he lies and says the seven braids or the cords or whatever, and she does it, how does he say something again? And then after the second time and the third time, how, like, and after she lulls him to sleep, when someone lulls you to sleep, something's going on, right? Like, how does he not just wake up? Like, you want to scream into this story and be like, Samson, wake up, dude. What are you doing? Run. Get away from this person. And the question we're all thinking is, like, how could this happen? This man that God set apart, this guy that God called to be the deliverer for the nation of Israel, to take down the Philistines, he is taken down by them. This man got equipped with supernatural strength, has his eyes gouged out, he's stripped of his strength, and he's forced to do slave labor in prison. And the question we're thinking, like, how? does this happen? How is this possible? Well, friends, it's because the Delilah villain that we see in this story actually showed up in Samson's life long before the woman Delilah showed up. Delilah the person, it's just a physical representation of a villain that Samson flirted with his entire life. The the Delilah villain, or as I'd like to name it today to help us remember, the Delilah delusion shows up long before his romance with Delilah, the woman, starts. And here's what the Delilah delusion is. And we're going to see this. We're going to back the story up in a second. Here's, here's what this Delilah delusion, here's what this villain is. It's this idea that I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to see how close I can get to it. Like, I'm not going to give in all the way to temptation. I'm just going to flirt the line and have some fun. I'm not going to really give away the secret of my strength. I'm just going to play this little game and just kind of flirt around what the secret really is. And he gets closer and he gets closer. Do you notice how each thing he says, it's like a little bit closer. And the third thing, it's like, well, if you braid my hair. And then he gives in all the way and shares the whole secret. And he wakes up and he's like, what happened? And it's because there's this pattern all throughout Samson's life. The Delilah villain is something that shows up long before Delilah, the person, shows up. So let's rewind the story, because we miss so much between birth and this story that we just read. So let's go back, and we're just going to pick up a couple of highlights along the way to really understand what happened here. So back in Judges chapter 14, verse 5, and Samson's probably in his early 20s at, at this point in the story. It says, Samson went down to Timnah together with his father and mother, as they approached the vineyards of Timnah. Now, wait a second. What's a guy that made a vow to never drink wine or eat grapes doing in a vineyard? Right? It doesn't seem like the best place to be, does it? Well, I don't drink the wine. I just go there to smell it. You know, I just like to swirl it around in the glass. I, I like to play golf at the vineyard. You know, there's a nice par three course there, you know, kind of thing. Or um, I'm, I'm engaged to be married. We're looking for a nice venue. We thought, hey, maybe, maybe this vineyard would, would be a good place. It sure doesn't seem like the place to be for a guy that's committed to God to not drinking wine or eating grapes. Like, like when you're on a diet, you don't walk into Jimmy John's every day to take them up on their free smell sign, Right? Have you seen that? 
Like the free smells at Jimmy. Like you walk in, I'm not here to get anything, I'm just the free smells. And next thing you know, you're ordering a Coke and a 16-inch salami and provolone, right? I mean, it just doesn't work when you put yourself in that spot. I actually, I made a really bad decision this week with this 21-day fast. Can I share this with you? I got, we're, we talk about authenticity, right? We practice authenticity. I'm going to just share a mistake I made. So it was day 15 of the fast. I guess I need to say this. I'm on the Krispy Kreme email list. You, probably, you didn't know I had those connections, I know. So, um, so I got an email from Krispy Kreme on Monday. And I know I should have just deleted it and just, you know, clicked the, just get that thing out of here, devil, you know? But I didn't. I opened it. And I saw this. <laughs> and I don't feel a bit, there's no guilt from showing this because this is the last day of the fast. So you can drive to South Bend later and get your own dozen if you want. So, and I don't think this works for everybody. That's just, this is the deal I got. So, uh, but uh, I mean, it just makes you want to stick your head right under that glaze fountain, doesn't it? <laughs> but this is like, this is what Samson did. He just got like, I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to get a little bit closer to it. You see what I'm saying? So Delilah delusion. I'm not going to drink. I'm just going to go hang out at the winery for a little bit. I'm just going to go hang out at the vineyard. And a question I want to stop and ask everyone is, what is the vineyard for you? Maybe it's the vineyard for you. Maybe it's Krispy Kreme. Maybe it's, you know, hanging out in certain places with certain people. One of the five parts of our strategy last week is we were talking about taking down our Goliaths. We gave like a battle plan. And I think it was number four. We said, change your environment. You got to change your environment to take that Goliath down. And I gave a, a, a verse reference, Proverbs 13, 20. We didn't look at it. I said, read it later. Here's actually what the verse says. And this is the message Bible. It says, become wise by walking with the wise. Hang out with fools and watch your life fall to pieces. So what are the places and the people and the environments that you have a tendency of flirting with like Samson? See, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Just because, you know, visiting a vineyard isn't necessarily eating a grape doesn't mean it's the best choice for someone that's made a commitment to God. Not to, right? So look at what happens at the vineyard. And this is so illustrative for us. So Samson went down to Timnah with his father and mother. As they approached the vineyards of Timnah, suddenly a young lion came roaring toward him. Now, there's a pretty big villain in the Bible that's described as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, it says. You know who it is? Satan, our spiritual enemy, 1 Peter 5.8, describes him as a roaring lion. I think it's just so interesting in this story. Like when we put ourselves in tempting environments and our mind is given into this delusion, this villain, like I'm not going to do it, I'm just going to get close to it. Man, Satan loves us when we've made a commitment to God to not drink and we show up at the vineyard. Satan loves it when we're working on eliminating gossip from our, from our language and that big mouth from work calls us and we answer the phone. He always shows up when we put ourselves in situations of temptation. He doesn't miss these opportunities. The, the roaring lion does not miss opportunities like this. But look at how gracious God is. God's spirit stirs him again and shows up and uses Samson. The spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him so that he tore the lion apart with his bare hands as he might have torn a young goat. And I thought that's an interesting analogy. <laughs> Who 
who's, who's tearing all the young goats apart that that's the, like he tore apart a lion like a normal human would rip a, a goat in half, you know, it's just so weird to me. But anyway, but right, right after God supernaturally shows up in this display of strength, the, the Delilah delusion just shows right back up. Look at what it says next in verse eight. Sometime later, when he went back, back to the vineyard, have you ever made the same mistake twice? <laughs> yeah, all of us, right? Like you, you, you say, like you do something or you go somewhere, you hang out in this environment and you're like, I will never do that again. But sometime later, <laughs> we find ourselves back there, right? It's that, it's that Delilah delusion thing. It's how temptation works. So sometime later when he went back to marry her, I told you he's looking for a wedding venue, he turned aside to look at the lion's carcass and in it he saw a swarm of bees and some honey. First thing to note, this is disgusting, right? I mean, you got a, a rotting lion carcass on his way back into Timnah. Second thing, think of, is a lion carcass something dead? Yeah, yes, it is. Wasn't there a rule about, like, wasn't that a commitment that he made before God? He just gets closer and closer to giving in. Here's what it says. He scooped out the honey with his hands and ate as he went along. All the kids say, that's gross. Everybody say, that's gross. Thank you. When he rejoined his parents, he gave them some and they too ate it. Say, that's even grosser. Right? But he did not tell them he'd taken the honey from the lion's carcass. You know why? Because his mama would have straight knocked him out. Like, how many times do I have to tell you, Samson? You made a commitment to God not to get close to something dead, not to, not to drink. Like, you just keep flirting this line. Like, you think you can just get close and without giving in. I'm t- just, you got to run from this stuff. So w- what's a temptation in your life that you're not telling people close to you about? Because you know what they would say. He knows what his mom and dad would say if he told him where the honey came from. Is there someone in your life, like maybe you haven't even given into this temptation yet, but you're getting a little bit closer, a little bit closer, and nobody knows that you're struggling with this. Nobody close to you, nobody that loves you knows what you're dealing with. That's a sure sign that you've bought into the Delilah delusion. We got to have other people fighting with us. Samson didn't tell his parents because he knew what their response would be. This is how temptation works. This is how it works. He's almost drinking the wine. He's almost touching the dead lion. And then some time passes. Last verse of the next chapter, it says, Samson led Israel for 20 years in the days of the Philistines. So two decades pass. Two decades, 20 years go by. That's the end of the chapter. And then look at what it says just four verses later. Sometime later, he fell in love with a woman in the Valley of Sorek whose name was Delilah. And we read at the beginning how this romance ends. But it didn't start here, right? It didn't start here. It started 20 years ago in a vineyard. It started because Samson gave into the Delilah delusion, this villain, day after day, for 20 years. And, and maybe you're thinking at this point, like as, as we've heard this story, but, but I would never, like I'd never let myself go as far as Samson did. We, we are deceiving ourselves to not realize that we, in 20 years, we could be so far from where we want to be, so far from where God has called us to be. Every person, we're just a sequence of small bad decisions away for ending up, from ending up right where Samson ended up. 
Every person is a sequence of bad relationships away from ending up where Samson ended up. We're one Delilah delusion away from a story very similar to Samson's. See, the, the way we miss the calling of God on our lives, it's small compromise after small compromise after small compromise. So many of us think, like, I'll never do that. I'll never do that, but we do this small thing and then this small thing and then this small thing. And then after 20 years, you do something you would have never imagined yourself doing. You find, you find yourself in a place you, you never thought you'd end up. But here's the hope. Here's the hope. All of us are one prayer away from breaking the Delilah delusion on our lives. One prayer. All it takes is one prayer, because here's how the story ends. So he's, he's blind, he's bald, he's, his hair starts growing, and something changes. They actually bring out Samson for one of the festivities that says this. Half drunk by now, the people demanded, bring out Samson so he can amuse us. So he was brought from the prison to amuse them, and they had him stand between the pillars supporting the roof. Now look at what happens. Then Samson prayed to the Lord. Let's read that part together. Then Samson prayed to the Lord. Sovereign Lord, remember me again. Oh, please, God, strengthen me just one more time. It starts with one prayer. That here, here's the power of one single prayer of humility right here. Then Samson reached toward the two central pillars on which the temple stood, bracing himself against them, his right hand on one, his left hand on the other. And Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. Then he pushed with all his might, and down came the temple on the rulers and all the people in it. Thus he killed many more when he died than while he lived. And just like every story in the Bible, it's never too late. It's never too late to have that prayer, that one prayer that can change everything. Like every part of our past can be redeemed in one prayer. And so what I want to do right now is I just want to lead us in a, a time of prayer. I don't know if you find yourself in this story or find yourself like buying into this delusion at all, but we just want to pray together as a church. So I, I want to invite our prayer team members for the second service, if they come on the stage, just kind of stand up here and, and we're gonna, they're going to pray over us and we're going to pray together against this, this delusion. So, so I want you to just, let's just bow our heads and close our eyes for just a moment. And I want you to think about this. Like how did you connect in this story? Is there something that comes to mind? Is there like a temptation that you're really battling right now? We talked about Goliath a little bit last week and Maybe, maybe that same thing's coming to your mind again and you, you just, you want to keep going. You want to keep fighting this, whatever it is. And we're just going to pray together that, that the same spirit that just changed Samson's life through that one prayer would just start a new work in our lives right now. So if uh, Greg and Becky, if you want to just stretch a hand out toward everybody and everybody watching online, we're praying with you as well. God, right now, we know, we know you're the same God in this story, in this moment right now. And so all these things that we are fighting, all these things that we need your help with, we confess right now. Sovereign Lord, show up one more time. Give us strength one more time to fight whatever it is we're fighting. For those things that you've brought freedom for the individuals here, let them not back down from that freedom, not get close like Samson did to it again, but stay away so they live in that freedom.
And for those that came in with some struggles, came in with a relationship thing or an addiction thing, or what, that today it stops through the power of the Holy Spirit. The, the, the power of that is broken on their lives. We pray this in Jesus' name.